the nerd wallet is is entirely affiliate based and they do oh, wow. 100 million plus per year on affiliates and wow. so these can be like incredibly big businesses if you structure them well and if you really understand uh the opportunity here the pricing card of morning brew mm -hmm. and it's insane and i'm guessing this is per email right i mean mm -hmm. and i say insane maybe it's just because since i'm not in the industry this might just be super normal but in mm -hmm. here it says the takeover ad which is kind of like the biggest one for the daily brew is $55,000. Hey, I'm Luis. And this is Luis. And welcome to the Content is Profit podcast. In here, you're going to get the insights, accountability, and drive to create consistently and increase revenue. You'll hear from top entrepreneurs, creators, and anything and everything you need to know about content. All these while having a good time. The goal of this podcast is simple, to entertain, educate, and turn your content into profit. Let's go. Welcome you back. Like, pew, pew, pew. Let's go. Pew, hit, pew, all, pew. hit all the all the buttons in I'm there. I'm excited today. Uh, part five. Bonus part. Bonus. Surprise, surprise. Bonus. That was so Hispanic of me. That was so Hispanic of me. What are we talking about today, Fons? Yes, today we are we're we're hitting the part five of the newsletter segment we've been doing uh, the, with the one and only. I know. You guys remember his name? Ethan Brooks. The Let's one and only go. Ethan Brooks. Welcome back, Mr. Ethan. Let's go. Audience is going wild. <laughs> What's going on, guys? <laughs> Good it, to be back. It's like uh, I can't believe I'm back. Why, why, <laughs> why am I back? <laughs> no, Ethan, yeah, where your poor audience? They've been stuck with me for days now. So <laughs> hopefully, hey, hopefully, I'm. <laughs> they loving it. Yeah. They they have you on a loop on repeat. I know. It's. I mean, well, you. <laughs> I was gonna say, is, does that mean my grandmother listens to you? <laughs> <laughs> what you've been sharing in the last few days has been incredible. You know, uh, coming from me, I, I remember just leaving the first recording that we did and I was like, oh my gosh, this has like reignited a fire around this thing because sometimes content can be repetitive, right? We talk about consistency and uh, and just the part of the process when it does become a process, it can become some boring, some, uh, boring sometimes, right? So it just reignited a fire and I've heard good feedback on the back end as well. So thank you for that. Uh, this has been super awesome. And then uh, we're ready to wrap it up, right? Last episode, there's a few things for your Twitter thread, which by the way is in the links below. So well, ne never says the last one. Well, the last you one. Never, you never, I have a feeling, you know, we're going to have another episode eventually <laughs> with Ethan. <laughs> Yeah. I'm retiring after this. <laughs> it's like done. No yeah. more podcasts. <laughs> yeah, this is this is your warm up the for warm. the real deal, like which is Quentin to come Tarantino. in an hour. <laughs> like Quentin Tarantino, I got. I'm gonna do five episodes and then that's it. I'm hanging up. I'm never ending my career. Hey, you know, it's like that's that scarcity element. Yeah. Uh, did you know that he did that early on, Tarantino? I have no idea. He yeah, he apparently like called his shot super early on when he was just starting his career. I don't remember exactly the number, but it's like seven or maybe huh. ten. He says, like, I'm gonna do ten movies and that's it. And he called it super early, and now every single one of those has gone on to be just, you know, a Whoa. legend. So maybe there's something to it. Maybe I will really hang it up after this. Yeah, hey, hey. look at that. I, hey, I like that approach. If you if you make this series, you know, the master class that goes attached to the trans amazing thing that you guys are doing <laughs> in the back end, you know, we're not gonna be angry at that. Uh but yeah. anyways, I think there's a few important points that we wanna hit before, you know, we wrap up the series, right? On the the side of the ads, how do we sell? There's an amazing framework that you guys share in here that's very, very powerful. So uh Fonzie was writing a question and I just like slapped his pen as we're going so you want to start there <laughs> no I, I, it, it's not a question to start with but is you know i think we were diving in the part of post niching down we were diving a little bit more into the monetization type mm -hmm. of deal 
Uh, I feel like we we skipped a little bit over the tech stack side of things, but we can you know dive in that as well. But let's mm-hmm. you know people want to know how to how to make the this macaroonies, right? They want to <laughs> learn how to make that money. So yep. you you know you mentioned that there's three different ways to to do this, right? Obviously at the hustle you guys had what I feel like is your preferred way, which is uh you know kind of like monetizing with ads, but. Yep. Let, let's go both ways. Let's tackle both ways, right? Like somebody that is writing for, you know, building an audience, how can they monetize? How, how can they start? And maybe at what point of the audience can they start mm-hmm. potentially monetizing? And then somebody that's on B2B, you know, maybe super niche down, they have services. Maybe what is a better way for them to monetize that list? Yeah, great question. So um, I'll tackle both. And for anybody who I guess maybe didn't hear the last couple of episodes, what we were talking through is inside this newsletter model, there's really three ways to make money. You have free products, which you monetize via ads or affiliate deals. You have what they call front-end products, which is a low-price subscription. And then you have back-end products, which is a higher-price subscription. And the way that the model works is your free audience is always going to be your biggest. And then ideally, you use your free audience to help sell your front-end product. And then your front-end product helps sell your back-end product. And so it's kind of like a chain that pulls people deeper and deeper into your ecosystem. So that's like the two-second wrap-up from the last couple of episodes. Mm. And um, yeah, I think a great question. What we should dig into here is like, how big does the audience have to be for each one? And then specifically, how do you actually monetize them? So um, why don't we start with free? Uh, and like I said, there's 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 sort of two ways to monetize a free newsletter. You have ads or you have affiliate deals. Mm. And for anybody who's unfamiliar, ads, <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear my dog's asleep and she's like <laughs> talking in her sleep. Um, <laughs> so nice. ads are sort of like, when I say ads, I'm talking about display ads. So if you read a newsletter like Morning Brew and <clears throat> somewhere in that newsletter, it says, hey, you know, today's newsletter is brought to you by uh whatever, the Motley Fool. Mm. Uh, That's one way to monetize. But then there's another way, which is affiliate deals. And an affiliate deal for anybody, again, who may not be super familiar with this, is an arrangement that you work out with a company where you'll link to their products inside your newsletter or somewhere on your site. And rather than paying up front for the link, they pay you a portion of all the money that they make from sales uh, from your readers. And so the reason I take uh, a minute to just kind of highlight those up front is because um, I, hopefully it will help show that there's actually a lot of opportunity here. And this was another big theme from our conversation uh, last week. Yep. The size of your audience is not necessarily the most important thing when you're thinking about building a successful newsletter. So if you think about outcomes first and what you really want for it, you can monetize extremely early or with a very small audience. And so one of the things we talked about last time was this newsletter that's generating six figures on um, an audience that's a thousand people. Mm -hmm. That's a great example of a newsletter. Well, of a newsletter that's monetized via affiliate deals. Mm. And so when you're thinking about how big does the audience have to be and uh, how do I actually make money on this? I'll give you the simple answer, which is um, for affiliate deals, it doesn't matter uh, because you're, you're basically being paid for performance. So people don't care how big your audience is and they, um, yeah, all they basically care is, is are people buying? Yeah. And uh, real quick, I have a couple of recommendations from this. So I actually talked to Jordan uh, DiPietro, who uh, he ran one of the products at Motley Fool. It was called, I think it was called Blueprint. 
And <clears throat> that was a, an entire publication. The whole purpose of it was just to recommend software to people. So like if you were trying to figure out what's the best software to run my website on or what's the best software, like what's the best CRM, right? Yeah. Blueprint would compare a whole bunch of them. And then that publication made money on affiliate deals for those pieces of software. So when mm. people said, oh, I think, you know, maybe like HubSpot is the right software for me, clicks through and then buys it, boom, HubSpot kicks a portion of that over to those affiliates. Yeah. So um, they were running like a multi-million dollar affiliate business. And he told me that the three places that you can look for or that you want to look for affiliate deals early on is um, share a sale, which is a website, commission junction, which is often referred to as just CJ, but commission junction is the full name. And then Rakuten, I think is how you pronounce the third one. It's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. So um, let me make sure I'm lining this up in a way that makes sense. If you're talking about monetizing a free newsletter, one of the earliest ways that you can monetize is via affiliate deals. And the reason for that is because the size of your audience doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is whether or not they want the things you know, yeah. that your affiliates offer. Yeah. Now there's two ways to get affiliate deals. The first is through these sort of like platforms that I just mentioned, which uh, you can, in a lot of cases, you can just go and sign up for them, right? You don't yeah. even necessarily have to apply or go through a lot of hoops. Um, uh, but another way is to just find companies that you love or that you know your readers will love. And very often they're going to be willing to work out some kind of affiliate deal on the back end as well. And the reason for that is because a lot of companies, especially now, you know, they're paying for ads. And so mm -hmm. they know how much ad spend it's going to take them roughly to get a customer. And so if you, if you come to them and offer to send them customers for that price or close to that price, maybe even a little bit less, yeah. you know, they know that they're getting a deal on that. Absolutely. And the fact that they, yeah, the fact that they don't even have to pay unless they get a result. It just, it, it stacks all the chips in your favor for, for creating these kinds of deals. Yeah. So affiliate is probably the fastest way to monetize a newsletter with a small audience. It can be big depending on the, a couple of actually, it can be big depending on a couple of factors. And I'll talk through those factors next, if you're interested, because they're going to help determine at what point you can monetize other types of audiences too. So should we get into that? Sure, absolutely. I think like in part of it, you you mentioned that the point where you should start selling ads as well, right? So like how mm -hmm. can we use this as a leverage to bring in more people into the newsletter or your publishing platform and then going into how how big is big enough to start going after these advertisers, right? Yeah, I, for sure. And I, and I like be, be, before we continue real quick, sorry, then um, I really like the the affiliate side of things we kind of like got our uh, education on email marketing around affiliate. You know, we, we come from the, I don't know if call it the click funnel school, <laughs> but right. you know, we, we learn a lot from, from that company and they do a lot of affiliates. Right. And you mentioned a few pages uh, here. Um, I just wanted to add a few other marketplace in terms for maybe people that are looking to do affiliate with, you know, other different type of companies. You got clickbank.com right? You got JV Sue. So usually these ones are more on the info product type of things, right? So if you got somebody, I don't know, that is interested in gardening and somebody has a course on gardening and you have a newsletter on gardening, guess what? You can potentially partner with them and sell that course for them and you get like pretty good commissions. Honestly, there's some, I've seen some that are like 80% commission, 
right? It's pretty impressive on very high ticket uh, programs. So I can definitely see how the size doesn't matter, right? That's the ad that we're going to play. <laughs> size doesn't matter. Uh, so also, thank you. I just wanted to bring it back a little bit on that B2B sense because it, 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 it really helps. And honestly, it sounds scary, but at the same time, it is such a great opportunity. Mm-hmm. No, great point. And, and, and uh, just to double down on what you were saying there in terms of it, like the fact that your, the size of your audience doesn't necessarily matter and there's a big opportunity here. I think a lot of people probably underestimate how much you can you can make on affiliate sales. Like, um, you know, as uh, one example, like Wirecutter is an affiliate um, or uh, no, actually, not, maybe not Wirecutter, but NerdWallet. So NerdWallet mm-hmm. is is entirely affiliate based and they do oh, wow. 100 million plus per year on affiliates. And so these can be like incredibly big businesses if you structure them well, and if you really understand uh, the opportunity here. So yeah, definitely don't underestimate affiliate. Mm. Now, as for how big your audience has to be, let me give you like a kind of a three-part framework that people can use to think through. And the reason I I like to kind of line this up for people is because um, this is one of the most common questions people ask about newsletters. They say, how big does my audience have to be in order to monetize? And it, it always kind of sucks for them because the reality is that the real, real answer is it depends, right? And that's the 100%. worst answer, but it's the, o- it's the only honest one. Yeah. So I can give you um, some basics, right? Like one of the guidelines that I give uh, in, I think that same newsletter thread is if you're running sort of um, a general news audience, right? you're probably going to want to build to somewhere between 70 and 80,000 subscribers before you even think about doing ads. And there's a few reasons for that. But the biggest one is just when you look at the overall market for ads uh, and the amount that you can charge for certain ads uh, and the amount that you'll make versus the time it takes to land those advertisers, there really is kind of an uphill battle until you get to like the 70 or 80,000 subscriber mark. Below that, it's very hard to charge what your like what your time is really worth and i see this i have to caveat this too by saying a lot of the research that we did was in six seven and eight figure newsletters so if you're not looking to earn six or seven figures from your newsletter you can break all these rules right but when i say this i'm coming at it from the from the position of well i'm assuming you're going to try and build like a multi-million dollar company here that can pay you a full-time salary and pay for growth and pay for other employees and stuff like that so if that's the case um, very often you're going to target that seventy to eighty thousand dollar range to sell ads. You can still start affiliate much earlier, but um, the the real answer when I say it depends is like you, there's actually no one spot, and the and the reason for it is there's a few reasons. First, there's no set value on a set of eyeballs, right? Mm. And so like the kind of the the best proof of this is you'll see uh, companies that have very different size audiences, and they're doing v- very different sized revenue or even like yeah. similarly sized audience with very different revenue. Um, so, uh, you know, example, I think I mentioned last time is the Ferrari market newsletter. They got 5,000 subscribers. They do about $2 million a year. Last time I checked. Um, wow. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot. When the hustle had 5,000 subscribers, we weren't doing $2 million. Yet, <laughs> you know. Um, so your ability to monetize actually matters more than the size of your audience. Uh, but <clears throat> because there's no set value, on the side on, on a, a set of eyeballs and there's really no set value on an ad uh it's better 
for somebody who's really going to make a go at this to have the frameworks in mind that will help them figure out for themselves when they can start. So I can give you like a soft number, which is that 70 to 80,000 if you're just selling normal ads. Yeah. That's where it's going to really start to make sense. But here's how you actually think through it so you can answer the question yourself. There's basically three things that come into play when it, uh, when it comes to monetizing your audience. Uh, how big is it? How engaged are they? And are they spending money based on your recommendations, right? Um, and so those three factors are really the most important things mm. to consider when it comes to when to monetize. Yep. Uh, and, and the good news is you only need two of them, right? So if you have a really big audience and uh, they're <laughs> like super engaged, you can make a lot of money on that, even if they're not spending a lot of money, yep. right? And I think that's a good, like the good example there would be like Morning Brew, right? So their mm -hmm. audience is huge, um, but they're not necessarily advertising like super expensive products. You know, they'll have, yeah. you know, uh, like I, Wrangler jeans or something yeah. like that. I mean, I feel like they, they sell the Morning Brew with the idea of, hey, we're distilling the news for you so you don't have to spend hours, you know, searching for them, right? So mm -hmm. like you go... I personally, when I signed up to the Morning Brew, it wasn't with the mindset of like, oh, let me see, you know, how I get an edge with some products that they might be referring. It was more about, I just want to be efficient with my time and at the same time, be aware of what's happening around me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And and that's um, kind of key in terms of figuring out how you're going to monetize too, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, in their case, they're building kind of a general purpose audience, right? Young people who are interested in, the news, specifically money. So, um, you know, they're, they're the, th the threshold for spending is probably lower with them than it would be for a newsletter. Like there's a newsletter for, um, I'm blanking on the name of it, but I think it's like engineering lead weekly, something like that. Mm. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a, it's an email newsletter for people who lead engineering teams. Well, their audience is going to be a lot smaller, but those people are in control of multi-million dollar budgets in a lot of cases. And so their ability to spend based on a recommendation is much higher. Yeah. So, so you have those three components. How big is your audience? How active are they? And, and are they spending? Like how much are they spending, basically? Of them, you need two. And the most important one really uh, is that spending one, right? Because if you have a huge audience and they're super engaged, but they're spending no money, it doesn't matter. You don't have a business, yeah. right? And this is where I think some creators struggle because they'll 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 look at something like, you know, we want to do a newsletter for, um, I don't know, like teen culture or something like that, or like, you know, uh, yeah, like let's just say a newsletter for teen, like young teens. Yeah, that's great, but young teens generally don't have much of their own money to spend on anything. So your real customer in that case would be probably their parents, right? Yeah, and it's just it's kind of hard to thread that needle. So size your audience, how much money are they spending? How engaged are they? Those three things need to come into play. And once you have two of those things, um, you are ready to monetize. So if you have, you could even be, it could be a small audience, but they're super engaged and they have a high spending threshold. You you have the makings of successful like yeah. media business, advertising business. Absolutely. Does that make I'm, sense? Absolutely. I, I, 
I'm thinking this right now. My brother got obsessed with Drive to Survive, the F1 show <laughs> on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. I uh, became um, an instant fan. I have like yeah, yeah watch every single race. Dude. I'm racing uh, on uh, simulator. I'm good. I'm good. So he, he <laughs> full he, on customer. Yeah, yeah. He spent so much money since he became a, a fan of it. Right? <laughs> invested, invested. And um, <laughs> honestly, all I'm thinking is. I'm sure there might be some F1 newsletter out there. I don't know. I would have to do the research. But in my mind, I'm like, that'll be a pretty cool, like, niche to go yep. into. Because, I mean, usually the people that like F1, uh, I would say they like to spend, right? The people that go, I mean, going to those events is not, is not cheap at all. And it's such a hard, like, hardcore fan base, especially since that show on Netflix, which... They literally help you build more of an audience, which they're kind of new as well. And they're getting into the sport. So there's a lot of education to make, right? A lot of like news. Maybe there's some news channels out there, but you know, people are still, I feel like they're still finding what is like their one go-to source. So maybe an F1 newsletter could be, maybe. Could be it. Uh, I just added it here to the list, but <laughs> I, I also even like this. We're going to end up with like 20 newsletters. I know. To do. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, this is wonderful, right? Because like on our side, right? We, a, a lot of people that listen to it or even ourselves, right? We, we have business, a service-based business, right? And we use the podcast as a platform, obviously, but in my head, what I'm looking at the newsletter, right? Or like how to build that that initial funnel right of maybe an audience of people that can be interested whether that's an affiliate product or on the back end right i see it as a very powerful tool to first obviously build your rapport your your trust your authority within that audience and at the same time within those affiliate offers on the back end you can also offer on the service side right so we do mm -hmm. uh you know mid to high ticket right and that's how we've been able to monetize a podcast uh immediately from like we we have this uh the platform profit formula right and one of the things is one of the elements is audience and people forget that the person that you're talking to is your number one person in that audience like line doesn't matter if you have two three four five that one person still matters still audience they're consuming your content because they're having a conversation with you so Absolutely. with your newsletter it's still applies right so if you have a service like that right maybe maybe some of these numbers might discourage you because like, okay well maybe the advertising you know you know a thousand two thousand three thousand four thousand obviously as you grow with consistency and execution right that that will grow but initially right when when we first started you're probably going to be a, a little bit of an uphill battle but you can think about okay how can i acquire these people on the front end uh, to consume my content, to learn from me, to share different things in the community, right? To the same time, having that other tier, like that fourth tier on the back end with services, which, you know, with the examples that you've that you've mentioned, uh, it's total different industry, right? Because they're, you know, most of them are investor backed and there's probably different objectives. But for a lot of people that are starting, I think it's super valuable because at the same time, you are able to monetize on the back end with the contacts and information of these people that might be interested in your service. So, uh, you know, on, on the contents profit special, we'll add that fourth tier in there for, <laughs> on the service side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was well, a great point. And I, th I think this is a really good example of another sort of like major theme of the last conversation we had, which is that uh, when you know the rules to this game, you can sort of break them in your favor, right? So, you know, the general rule here is that, yeah, if you want to build a six or seven figure newsletter company, like newsletter specifically, you're gonna need that audience, right? But you're gonna need that 70 to 80,000 person audience because it's just, it's very difficult to monetize ads over that rate. But yeah. if you know the rules, like, hey, 
actually our audience spends a lot of money. So we could advertise, you know, multi-million dollar products in our newsletter or something like that. Yeah. Well, then now all of a sudden the rules are changing and you can adjust your expectations yeah. accordingly. You're not beholden to these um, benchmarks if you kind of understand how the game is played. And to your point, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we laid out this kind of model of free front end, back end. The back end product, what that really is, is your high ticket product. So inside the context of newsletters specifically, that's a high priced paid newsletter. And there are some people like James Altucher, he's got several, um, mm -hmm. you know, multi-thousand dollar per year newsletters. Uh, but that can also be a service. Yeah. It can also be, I mean, I've seen an example where, you know, there's these really interesting travel influencers who their free content is coming in the form of Instagram content. They've got like two to three million uh, followers on Instagram. And then their front-end products, so the low-priced paid product, are camera settings where you can pre-buy camera settings that are going to make your photos look just like theirs. And then the back-end product is this luxury getaway Airbnb in Bali, which, there's, which they're renting out for 700 bucks a night, which anybody who's been to Bali knows, that's like you can rent a place for 700 bucks a month or something like that. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Or, or more. so you, it's the same exact model over and over and over again, free front end, back end. And if you, yeah. once you know it, you can bend it to your will. And, and, in your guys's case, I think that that service company absolutely is a back end, uh, yeah. product. It's a great example of how people can use this to their advantage. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in, in their response, it, uh, it is very similar to the concept of what it's called the value ladder, right? Like you try people to get people into your ecosystem through a free product lead magnet, right? Which mm -hmm. a lead magnet can be building your list, honestly, right? That you put them in your list and then you deliver some value to them and then you upsell them to, you know, a low ticket product and then eventually you can sell them to a high ticket product. And I will say this for us, it was a big realization the fact that we always thought we had to start with the free at the bottom mm -hmm. and when we kind of like came across the message that it's actually a, maybe more efficient to start with the high ticket product right that changed the game for us because now you have resources so in terms of you know having a smaller list might actually be an advantage because you can your goal can be to eventually have those eighty thousand and sell them ads Mm -hmm. But if you have, let's say, a 500 people list and you have a good affiliate product or your own product that you can sell them right on a high ticket, you can start, you know, getting resources to then invest, keep growing the list, eventually getting to the point where you can sell them some ads. Definitely. And maybe this might be a good point to pivot a little bit and talk about how you actually sell those ads. So oh, yeah. I, think I was is... about to like go, <laughs> go there. I have like the framework in front of me and I'm like, let's dive in. Yeah. Yeah. We got, we, <laughs> we got about like 15 minutes. So yeah, let's do this. Yeah. So I think the big message here for, for people who are just starting out would be that this can be a lot simpler than you think. Um, one thing I think people sort of do is they like, they, they build this up in their head to be uh, like, quite a complex endeavor. And by the time you're running a multi-million dollar business, it certainly can be, you know, um, like at the, at the hustle, like I think two thirds of the staff were sales, you know, mm. back when we were doing advertising. Um, and that's important because sales is a, like a complex process, not just sales, but it was, you know, you have your sellers, you have account managers who are kind of managing the relationship yeah. back and forth with the client. Then you have copywriters who are in charge of 
taking yeah. all the assets the client does and turning them into ads. So by the time it's a full-fledged business, it's quite complex. But early on, um, you know, Sam, who is the founder of Hustle, just sold our ads and he did it via email. And um, I actually, one of the things that we do uh, when I sort of like give this talk on newsletters is I, I have slides that show his super early emails that well, yeah. like literally how he sold the first ad he just sent me the email chain yeah. um we, we we have those on twitter so i'm gonna i'm gonna link them in the notes so if you oh, perfect if, yeah if you're listening right now and you want to see those emails and they're awesome because they have some notes on them as well yeah. i'm gonna link them below so just make sure to scroll down and check them out perfect yeah and, and the one thing i just like to call out about him is that there it's it's really simple you know he reaches out to this person he says hey you know we got this list um, here's kind of like roughly how big it is. I think they'd be a great, you know, fit for what you're trying to sell. It was Casper mattress at the time. And I, oh, nice. said, I just think like Casper would be a good fit for it. Are you interested? And they just kind of went back and forth. I think people are, are they're tempted or they kind of want there to be like a perfect, um, like equation for how much I should charge for an ad and what the outreach looks like. And the reality is super early on, there isn't, you're going to, you're going to have to estimate that. And the way you kind of estimate it is based on how, much your reader is worth to the advertiser if they buy mm. you know so like um again if if like casper mattress you can uh, i don't know what their what their margin is but you can kind of estimate or maybe you could look it up uh and you can just kind of figure out what you think yeah, the yeah. value of yeah. um a, a purchaser is to yeah them. it's perfect because i was many... about i was i was just buying mattresses recently recently and i was oh, looking so you at, can tell us. As, as, <laughs> at casper's you know i mean they, yeah. they're like cheaper queen is like 800 bucks right okay. and usually people keep their mattresses for yeah, quite quite some time right so let's say in five years like the lifetime value of somebody is like around let's say a thousand fifteen hundred i don't know the margins either but let's just assume and i'm i'm pretty sure it's way more than this but let's just assume it's like 30 percent of that right perfect yeah so so you can just kind of do the mental math there to estimate for yourself how much it would be worth to them if a single one of your readers clicked or, mm -hmm. or rather if a single one of your readers bought yep. and then you kind of work backwards to figure out well you know here's how many people typically click links and in my newsletter and then here's how many of those like let's just say some small percentage of those buy uh i i could probably sell like five mattresses right yep. through yep. my through my newsletter or more than that yep um and then you have a rough estimate for how much that ad is worth to them. And so super early on, that's how you're going to set your pricing. Yeah. And then eventually that gets worked into, you know, like, so by the way, um, when it comes to selling ads, there's a few different ways people charge for them. Uh, and what you tend to see is that the way people charge evolves over time as their, as their business evolves. So one really simple way to do it is what we call a cost per cent. And uh, that's basically you say, hey, my list is... 50,000 people, uh, can't guarantee how many people are going to open it or people, or how many people are going to see it. But like, I will send your ad in my newsletter to 50,000 people for a thousand bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. Cost per send. Right. And then, a, um, what you're really doing there is you're assigning like some marginal value to every single person on that list. And Absolutely. then as the list continues to grow, the price for your advertising continues to go up. Now that's a good way to do it, um, especially early on because it's super simple and like advertisers know what they're going to pay, so yeah. they don't get blindsided. Um, but then at a certain point, you know, your list is going to be big enough where advertisers are paying like a considerable amount to reach them, but you're never going to get 100% open rate. And so typically in order to 
price this a little bit more fairly based on like who's actually seeing the ad, you have to shift models. And the two other models that are the option there are like cost per click or cost per open. Um, and like cost per open, like, well, cost per click is typically favored by advertisers because then they're only paying for performance, right? Um, but it's not really fair to you as a creator because sometimes people see ads in your newsletter and then they'll go buy somebody somewhere else, right? Because you gave them the awareness, but they bought somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, this is the thing that like podcast hosts struggle with uh, and other types of creators because the, the, the um, ability to sort of like uh, see who really drove a sale just isn't quite there yet for the creator community. So what a lot of people prefer, and this kind of is the best of both worlds, is cost per open. So mm. you're reporting on how many people open the newsletter that day. Yeah. Uh, each of those opens is worth a certain amount, and then you just tally them up, and that's what the advertiser pays you after the fact. And Absolutely. the good side of that is that you're getting paid for like everything. So if people click or not, you're still getting paid. Uh, and they're still only paying for ads people see. Um, but where it gets a little dicey is that some days you have a newsletter that's just wildly popular for some reason. And so advertisers can get hit with a charge that's like more than they were expecting. <laughs> so you have, to, <laughs> you have to figure out how to navigate that well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that actually kind of answers the question that I had at the very beginning. I was going to ask you, you know, like, how do you guys establish that, um, you know, if it was like a CPM? Um, mm -hmm. So this obviously makes a lot of sense, right? Cost per click, cost per open, or just cost per send. Um, I, do, do you work that number backwards too? Like, how do you assign that value kind of like per uh, per person that you have in your in your email list, right? And I'm asking this because, you know, you have a, a, an image here of the, um, the pricing card of Morning Brew mm -hmm. and... I mean, it's it's insane, and I'm guessing this is per email, right? I mean, mm -hmm. and I say insane, maybe it's just because since I'm not in the industry, this might just be super normal, right? Mm -hmm. But in mm -hmm. here it says the takeover ad, which is kind of like the biggest one for the daily brew, is fifty five thousand dollars. So mm -hmm. I, is that a one time send? Yep. Wow. So yeah, I mean, uh, they have a massive list, and this was. 2020. Well, this was two years ago, too. Two yeah, years ago. Do you know how many people did they have on their list? Oh, uh, geez. Um, I think they're over, th they're either over three or five million at this point. I just saw a recent update, million. but I can't, I can never remember. At that time, they were probably somewhere between 1.5 and 2 million. Uh, and I know they're, yeah, uh, they're definitely north of three. I think they were three when Business Insider bought them. Yeah. So they're killing it. And they're, but here's the, okay. So here's the challenge. Did we talk about ad pricing last time? Like your, your, your normal sell, your upsell, your or your downsell and your loss leader? No, uh, no, we didn't. Okay, so part um, six well, this, in common. <laughs> this, I can I, I can explain it pretty quick, but this will be this is a, this is a good um, sort of like preliminary wrap to this uh, topic for people. So you're you're sitting at a point, you're thinking, okay, well, my audience is pretty big, and I know that they're pretty engaged, so I think I could start selling ads. Um, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to send kind of an email. I'm just going to ballpark what the price of the ad is going to be. Uh, one thing I, I, I kind of touched on this, but I, I really feel like it should be stressed is like a lot of creators are, are just way undercharging for ads. And part of the reason they're doing that is because they start advertising when they're too small. Yeah. And it's a problem because it takes a lot of energy to manage those ad clients. It's not just selling the ad. There's a whole like process in there of uh, getting assets from them. So we need, we need like a description of your company. We need uh, logos. If there's an image that we need to insert, we need to make sure all that's 
in and ready to go for the newsletter, right? Because mm. newsletters are deadline-driven business. So there's a whole bunch of stuff that can complicate this. Now, it doesn't have to. I know there are some people who have automated this really well. Um, and so they basically have like a Stripe store on the backside of their of their mm. newsletter website where you, if you want to buy an ad, you can just go do that. Um, so, you know, there's different ways to do this. But the big thing I want to say for people is like um, char charge enough. And you're looking at these numbers, $50,000. Yeah, that's pretty standard. I would bet the brew probably makes more. I mean, they definitely make more than that. Well, actually, yeah. I don't know, definitely. But <laughs> there's, there is a point at which um, they will, their list is so big now that they have to be making more than that. So they probably took uh, other steps to continue to increase the amount that they're making per send without pushing the price much beyond that. But yeah, that's, you know, for these major, yeah. major, major newsletters, fairly standard spend is going to be somewhere between like 10, 20, $30,000 for an advertiser. And, you know, they're, but they're reaching millions of people and they're going to be ideally seeing much more than that in return. Yeah. So yeah, the spend is significant. Um, okay. So let's talk, you're at this point, you're thinking about selling ads. How do you actually set them up? Well, there's, there's kind of an evolution to the ad business too. In the very early beginning for newsletters, uh, one of the most common things you'll see is you'll see a single ad in the newsletter. Hey, this issue is brought to you by so-and-so, you know, shout out to them, go check out their stuff if you're interested. Yeah. And that's kind of like what uh, um, Morning Brew's rate card would call like the, what is it, like the premium ad or whatever their big one is. It's not the full takeover necessarily. Uh, it's just an ad spot, right? But you've only got one. Having one ad spot can get you really far. I believe the hustle got to about $2 million a year in business with just one ad spot, right? Wow. Yeah. But at a certain point, it becomes challenging because as your list continues to grow, uh, that ad spot becomes more and more and more expensive to the point where it's harder and harder to find clients to fill it. And, and uh, by differentiating your ad inventory, you can actually get a lot more out of your advertising business. So here's how that typically works. Um, when you decide to make the move from one ad to multiple ad slots, what we found is like this, there's kind of a strategy to it. Uh, rather than just having a pre a single premium ad, there's three types of products that work together hmm. in order to, um, make you more money and also make it easier to close deals. And here's what they are. So you have your premium ad, which is like your biggest ad. It's going to be kind of at the top of the newsletter. Usually it'll include an image the most text of any of the ads. And then, um, you know, sometimes like a logo as well. Uh, it's your biggest, most expensive product. Then there's what they call a downsell, which is a slightly smaller ad. And if you look at Morning Brew, you can typically pick this out inside their newsletter. It's another ad, maybe it'll have an image and it'll have like half the text of the first ad. Uh, so it's just a slightly smaller ad. And then you have what they call a loss leader. And in the Morning Brew, these are specifically uh, bruise bets. So if you're looking at that email, you can go check this out live. And what that is, is it's just a very quick mention in the bottom of the email, a couple of words, a text with a link, no image, no, uh, no logo, none of that. Now the way these work together is, um, when you're walking into a sales call, you lead with your premium ad. And so you say, Hey, I'm so glad you're thinking about advertising to our F1 fans. Uh, it's going to be, you know, like we have this great ad package. You get your your logo and you, we mentioned you right up top in the, in the subject line and you get this big image and uh, 120 words of text and uh, like a call to action button. And that whole thing is $10,000 for the day. 
Now, a couple of things are going to happen. Either the advertiser is going to say, great, sign me up. Or like, great, sign me up for 10, right? Because sometimes you're just talking to people who are used to spending so much more than that on ads yeah. that even what you would consider to be a lot of money is like a rounding error in their ad budget. Yeah. Um, but if that doesn't happen, if they kind of like balk a little bit, then you have two options, right? You can try to sell them the downsell. You say, hey, I get it. This is like a little bit more than you're looking to spend right now. Um, we have another option, which is still get an image. You get 60 words of text. Uh, and that is five grand, right? Or, and, or you can try to use the loss leader, that super small snippet of text yep. to introduce more value or to like get the deal closed. So a couple of ways that could work. You could say, um, well, if 10 grand's right on the edge, we also have these like text-based ads. Let's just say they're a thousand bucks a pop. Yep. Um, why don't we throw in two more of those? So that you're actually getting three placements. We'll give you one mm. like big hero placement, and then we'll mention you two more times throughout the course of the week. We'll give you those ones for free. Now you've just thrown in like two thousand dollars in additional value. Yep. Uh, and it doesn't really cost you that much, right? Like <laughs> it's, it's it it there is work that goes into it. Yeah. But yeah. to write fifteen words of copy in a link is a low lift for you, at least for the amount that you can charge for it. Absolutely. Uh, the other thing that you could do, if none of that works, is you could say, well, hey, we have this really low price ad. Uh, it's a thousand bucks. Why don't we just do one of those? You can test it. And if it works really well for you, we can come back to the table and we can think about, uh, you know, a, a bigger, a bigger placement. Those clients that out, opt for that, sometimes they go become big clients. Most of the time, you're not going to hear from them again because <laughs> they just don't, they don't have the budget to really make yeah. this kind of advertising work. Yeah. Um, but it is an option as well. So those are the three types of ads uh, that you can build out. And that takes time. People yeah. don't like, don't, don't jump straight into those three types. Yeah. Um, and then there's a third type, which we can get to in a second, uh, but it's probably where Morning Brew is, just based on the size of their audience. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. I, I, they might not be. Absolutely. Um, oh, no, man. that's awesome. I, you know, I did, uh, I pulled the calculator right here and I looked on the, you know, that's that 55, that 50, yeah, it's pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> that 55,000, um, you know, price point. I'm guessing it's cost per cent and it comes out to two cents percent right yeah and then i was like okay well if i had a eighty thousand list right which is kind of like what when you recommended to start looking for those ad ads that would be sixteen hundred percent that's that's pretty significant honestly right yeah. imagine you even if you're doing it once a week imagine you're sending one email a week and you're pulling sixteen hundred and that's for one spot now if you had some other spots that again that is pretty significant yeah and that's yeah, like two so, cents the reader. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That that actually sounds like pretty much on point. Um, it could even be a little bit more expensive than that because uh, sometimes what you end up pricing in is the fact that, uh, you know, like not all your readers are opening. So yeah. like it's not unusual to see uh, CPMs that are like a little bit above that. It, it, but it really depends on what industry you're talking about. So like for Morning Brew, you know, a lot of their readers are tech people. And so yeah. it's kind of like a higher end industry. There are more expensive industries where you're going to see much higher CPMs. Yeah. Like there was a really interesting one. I did the math one time. Oh, I'm going to forget the exact numbers, but this was, it was on a, a clown, um, a clown magazine. What? And actually, if we have a second, I'll pull it up here. Cause I'm literally, I, I just, by happenstance, this happens to be in the background right now on something else <laughs> that I'm working on. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, but let me just, why, why you up. search that? I want to make a, a quick, 
you know, uh, mention here for the people are listening. Obviously, we, we've talked a lot about the consumer side of things, but also mm-hmm. if you're a B2B, right, on the back end, this is what you can encounter, right? And at the same time, it's like, what an amazing opportunity for you to put your brand, your company, your, um, your, your business, right, in front of a lot of eyes. And now you have... Uh, an advantage going into these 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 calls, right? Because we know a little bit about the rates. How do we handle? How do we? What's the conversation? What are the topics? And uh, I think it, it's a win-win for everybody. Whether you are somebody that's developing a newsletter or a publishing platform, right? Um, there's I see a lot of similarities with the podcasting side. I'm gonna I'm gonna go through like all the episodes and be like, hey, how can we apply this to the podcasting on the side? Because uh, I, I think that's obviously our main platform. But I see a lot of similarities and and the frameworks yeah. can apply as well. Uh, and, uh, this has been awesome. This has been awesome. So do you have the example in there? I do. I have it real quick. Just to give people cool. a final wrap, like wrap up idea of how, how varied this can be. Uh, there's a clown magazine called <laughs> clowning around and I got a look at their rate card. Uh, they charge <laughs> their CPMs are between 50 and $200 per CPM. So to put that in perspective, their circulation is like 2000 readers, but their ads inside cover ad costs 400 bucks a pop. Full page is 375, half page is 225, and an eighth page is 100. And so um, it just goes to show you that, like, depending on your ad inventory and the industry that you're serving, there's a yeah. lot of variety in here. You're going to have to kind of figure it out. Yeah. But as you mentioned, those frameworks hopefully are helpful to people. Yeah. So, so I feel like the more niche down you are, those prices probably increase at the end of the day. Ethan, Definitely. man, incredibly thankful for this like multi-part episode that is really a masterclass yeah, on, on awesome. newsletters. Uh, don't go to any other podcast. Just send them our way. You'll be like, hey, you know, <laughs> everything you need to listen is just content is private. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we wish you the best of luck in, in um, you know, sharing this with the people. And I'm sure like when that guide is ready, we'll be the first ones to to get it. I'm sure people are already signing up for that for that wait list. But uh, anything else you want to add, Ethan, before we, we let you go? I know that you have a, a big presentation in just a few minutes. <laughs> no, I yeah, that's it. I uh, I appreciate I appreciate you keeping me on point here because I totally forgot about it. But um, this has been a blast. Thanks for having me back, and I'm happy to come back anytime, answer questions, anything like that. I hope this was useful Dude. for people. We uh, should we, we should I'm put, gonna put it out there. We should do a Q and A with the community. Oh, that's yeah, good. that'll be fine. We'll it, keep you posted it, on that it, one. Then it's like, damn it, I keep, <laughs> I keep committing to these brothers. Can't man. escape these guys. Can't escape these guys. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we'll see you soon, my man. Fonzie, yeah. anything else that you want to add? Uh, no, thank you, man. Really appreciate it. All right. With that said, guys, thank you you so much for tuning to the Contents Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite platform and on social media at BizBrosCo. That is right. And if Ethan here, help you move one step closer towards your dream newsletter, please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.